in prayer by Chaplain Terry Haddock from the Norfolk Police Department and remain standing for the Pledge of Allegiance to our flag. Thank you. Uh, would you bow your heads with me in prayer? Lord, we just thank you, God, our, our Father and our God. We praise you for all your goodness, your protection, you provide for our great city of Norfolk. Give our leaders the wisdom, the courage needed for the decisions they make each day on our behalf of our citizens. Please shield from harm, provide safety each day for our first responders as they serve and protect our city. We humble ourselves. We acknowledge you in all we do. This I pray in your holy name. Amen. Amen. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Clerk will call the roll. Mr. Johnson? Here. Ms. McClellan? Here. Mr. Smeagle? Here. Mr. Thomas? Here. Dr. Wibley? Here. Mr. Alexander? Here. The motion is to excuse Mr. Riddick and Mrs. Graves. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. The motion is to dispense with the reading of the minutes of our previous meetings. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. Mr. Clerk, please read the resolution certifying the closed meeting. A resolution certifying a closed meeting of the Council of the City of Norfolk held in accordance with the provisions of the Virginia Freedom of Information Act. Adopt the resolution, Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. Uh, good evening. For the benefit of those who do not regularly attend our council meetings, the procedure that we'll follow tonight is to first take up ceremony items, and we have a few. Next, we'll take up public hearings, then the consent agenda, which will be voted on the block. Any member of the council or the public wishes to discuss an item that's in the block, we'll remove it and consider that agenda item separately. Following the consent agenda, we'll take up the regular agenda items in order as they appear on your docket. On, upon the completion of the agenda, we'll take up any new business to come before the council. To address the council, you should have registered outside in the lobby prior to 7 p.m. with the clerk. When your name is called, please come to the podium, state your name, and please limit your comments to three minutes. Uh, the Norfolk Academy Bulldogs girls tennis and field hockey teams are with us tonight. Headmaster Dennis Manning is here, as well as the athletic director, Aubrey Shanafield. Director of Communications, Ms. Diskin, please come to the podium. We are asked, this is the resolution uh, from the Norfolk City Council, and it reads, We are asked, under the leadership of Headmaster, Head Coach Michael Ducat, the Norfolk uh, Bulldogs varsity tennis team turned into another stellar performance by sealing its third consecutive undefeated season for 2017-2018. And we are asked, the all-inspiring achievement also marked the team's third consecutive 
Virginia Independent Schools Athletic Association State Championship clinched on November 11, 2017, when the Bulldogs defeated Collegiate School of Richmond, and whereas such a consistently outstanding and dominating display of athletic skill and team effort is a testament to the talent and hard work on the part of the athletes and inspirational leadership of the team's coaches, and whereas this powerful, effective combination led to the team's number one ranking in VISAA polls. Now, therefore, be it resolved, Section 1, that in recognition of this extraordinary accomplishment, the Council of the City of Norfolk hereby extends heartly congratulations to Coach Duquette and Norfolk Academy Bulldog Girls Varsity Tennis Team on the occasion of its third consecutive Virginia Independent School Schools Athletic Association State Tennis Championship, Section 2, that this resolution be recorded in the permanent proceedings of the City Council and that a copy be presented to Coach Duquette and the team and staff. All right. So, um, Mr. Manning, do you want to make any comments? And I'll come around and we're going to have a no pressure at all at that uh, introduction. <laughs> and, uh, and you know the peril, by the way, of turning a microphone over to the headmaster. I did hear your admonition about a three-minute curb here. I won't even come we'll close. I just am, uh, I, I feel unworthy to be representing such an extraordinary group of young people. Uh, they are the hope in the future, and uh, just so proud of them and uh, the way they've represented our school and, and the city of Norfolk uh, as they've competed uh, across the region and, and state and distinguish themselves. And uh, so we're honored to be here. We're extraordinarily grateful to you and to the city council for uh, reaching out to us and, and recognizing and celebrating their accomplishments. So uh, thank you very, very much. Please remain there. We have one more. We're going to ask that the field hockey resolution uh, head coach, uh, Mary Wartheiser, and uh, the field hockey team, um, if you want to stand, as well as the tennis, please stand. And let me read uh, this resolution, and then I'll present both of them. Thank you. What a wonderful-looking group. Whereas, under the leadership of head coach Mary Workheiser, the Dolphin Academy Bulldogs varsity field hockey team amassed a 25-0 record for the 2017-2018 season, whereas on the path to their undefeated season, the Bulldogs captured the Tidewater Conference regular season and tournament championships, and whereas on November 11, 2017, at the Longwood University, the Bulldogs defeated Trinity Episcopal School to clinch their second consecutive Virginia Independent Schools Athletic Association Division I state championship, making this the third state championship in the last four seasons. And whereas, as a result, these impressive and dominating athletic performances, Norfolk Academy's varsity field hockey team holds the number one ranking in Southampton Roads and number two ranking in a recent national poll. Now, therefore, be it resolved, Section 1, that on the occasion of its team's 27-2018 state championship and in recognition of its third state championship, the Council of the City of Norfolk hereby extends hearty congratulations to Coach Mary Workheiser and her coaching staff and the Norfolk Academy field hockey team on the team's consistently outstanding performances and achievements. Section 2 that this resolution be recorded in the permanent proceedings of the City Council, that a copy be presented to Coach Workheiser and the team and staff. Congratulations.
So I'm going to come down. Uh, please, um, Mr. Uh, uh, Headmaster Manning, please. A final word. Yes, I just sir. want to make sure you understand we're not off mission. We're an academic institution. These uh, athletes are going to be attending places like Columbia and Stanford and Penn. Uh, Chapel Hill, UVA, Georgetown. It's an extraordinary roll call. And uh, they're students and uh, people of character first and foremost. They're also fierce competitors. I wouldn't tangle with them, by the way. But <laughs> anyway, we're, we're extremely proud of them for uh, their extraordinary talent on and off the field. And again, we're just deeply honored to be here and to be recognized. Thank you, Mr. Manning. I'm going to come down, but uh, Dr. Wibley just slipped me a note. Boys swimming. 2018 Virginia Independent Schools Athletic Association State Champions, girls swimming, second place in state championship, boys and girls basketball, TCIS champions, and now to play for the state championship. Sorry, I have to, <laughs> I'm coming down. You guys just sorry. I just want to say girl power. Oh, yeah. 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 Is all taller than us. Terry sitting, standing up, they're taller than us. All right, you guys come in. Come on. Yeah. Tall girl power. <laughs> Just smile. Don't crop us out if we don't. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Congratulations. Good job, ladies. Thanks for coming down. Congratulations. There's going to be lots of seats up here in the front if anybody wants to come up. Clerk, can you call the roll on those two resolutions before we move forward? Yes, sir. Basis. Adopt the resolutions, Ms. Johnson. Aye. Ms. McClellan. Aye. Mr. Smeagle. Aye. Mr. Thomas. Aye. Dr. Wibley. Aye. Mr. Alexander. <clears throat> Aye. Mr. Clerk, we have um, the International International Student Day proclamation. And I will ask that Dr. Kania Fo, founder of Global Student Friendship at the Oldham University, to please come forward as I read the. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Whereas the city of Norfolk has been um, identified as one of the region's most diverse <coughs> cultural hubs and is home to colleges and universities that hosts international students from over 100 countries. And whereas 
the, inter the integration of international students into campus life enhances the educational experience by offering all students <coughs> a platform to establish mutual understanding and genuine friendship with people of different nationalities and ethnicities. And whereas, as a host city, Norfolk wants to ensure that all international students have a positive and enriching experience and their contributions are pivotal to the cultural and, pro and progress of our universities and localities. Whereas, we would like to recognize Global Friendship Ventures for its commitment to welcoming and helping and to orient international students and scholars and teachers to their new surroundings and ensuring that their quality of life by providing them with much needed services. Therefore, be it resolved, I, Kenneth Cabell Alexander, Mayor of the City of Norfolk, do hereby proclaim February 27, 2018, as International Students' Day in the City of Norfolk and call upon all of our citizens to willfully engage in meaningful intercultural exchange for the mutual benefit of residents and international visitors. Given in my hand this 27th day of February 2018. Pastor Hodgson, good to see you as well. Please make any comments you need. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Mayor and City Council men and women for allowing our, our students and our uh, friends to be here tonight. Um, as we uh, come to, to the United States, most of our students are, are here to seek uh, the betterment of their country and seeking the uh, opportunity to enhance a uh, better understanding of, of themselves and also for the culture where they go to. Uh, for tonight, we are very grateful. We have about um, uh, 12 countries represented uh, from hundreds of nations that, in this area, and they are students and student wife and, and coming here to celebrate the International Students Day with us. So we, we are grateful in the behalf of our board, our students and leaders that uh, these days have been um, uh, realized for uh, the support of the city of, of Norfolk for us. Thank you very much. Thank you. Pastor Hardison, thank you want to say anything? Just an additional word. Uh, thank you, Mayor and City Council members. The um, opportunity that we have in this city is really a phenomenal one. Uh, not only international students, but we have NATO here. And as you know, there are many internationals. So um, this outfit is um, designed to mobilize North American people, specifically our city folks, to bring into our homes and into our hearts all of these internationals. And um, it's a, quite a, a task to be able to mobilize our city. But we have nine different uh, churches, significant churches from Norfolk that are serving on our <coughs> board of directors. And so we're pulling together this community to, uh, to serve internationals, and it's a great honor. Uh, I've been a pastor here in the city for hundreds of years, it seems, and um, watching the council change uh, uh, is interesting. But also, it's great to be able to um, participate in touching all these PhD students. Most of them are smarter than any of us are, and they're uh, amazing people to just get to know and to host into our city. So thank you for helping us with that. Thank you. <clears throat> How's your building coming along on the campus? Um, thank you. It's coming along quite well. Um, and I've been enjoying watching it grow. Yes. Uh, thank you, uh, Mrs. Ribley. They have a dormitory that they're uh, There's building. an international house that we're building, and um, it's on 42nd um, Street uh, there, right across from the campus. And uh, it's going to be opening this fall. So we're pleased with that. Just for the international students to come up very quickly to the council and please join us.
tall girls in the pictures. Mummy, tall girls in the middle. I'd like to invite um, Barbara Murphy. Come on up. Hi, Chair Judy. of our Commission on Aging, Long-Term Care uh, is here to present a special report of the Commission's work. Mrs. Murphy, please. Thank you, mm -hmm. Mayor Alexandra. Um, good evening, City Council people, ladies and gentlemen. Um, what I'd first like to do is I'd like the Commission members who are here to please stand. This is a joint project for everybody. Thank you all very much. Okay, the Commission on Aging and Long-Term Care would like to present to the Council its most recent achievement, which is the Norfolk Senior Resource Guide. <clears throat> this project initially came about due to the alarming rise in adult abuse and need for services for seniors, not only in our area, but nationwide. When we first started discussing this issue, we invited service providers to our monthly meetings and found that while there were many community providers who served the various needs of older adults, most older adults and their families, in addition to the service providers themselves, were not aware of all available services in our community. In 2016, we held a symposium with speaking Kathy Pryor an elder law attorney from the Virginia Poverty Center. Ms. Pryor spoke on the topic, Elder Abuse and Exploitation in Virginia, and gave a legislative overview. Over 40 service providers attended, and each one let us know what services they provided. From this symposium, we realized what was needed was a resource guide specifically for seniors, a guide that could be accessed by the public on all the diverse programs available to older adults and their families. The guide identifies resources available such as support, socialization, healthcare, nutrition, daily living, mental health, law enforcement, city contacts, as well as other resources. For example, page seven lists consumer information and complaints, crisis intervention and prevention. <coughs> page 16 lists mental health, substance abuse services, military services, and Norfolk City offices. 
We placed our original version of the Senior Resource Guide on the City's website over a year ago. We have now made revisions to the guide more Norfolk-specific and have included links to the other cities on page 18. We also made it easier to access. All you have to do now is Google Norfolk Senior Resource Guide. To inform others about the guide, we will email all civic leagues, senior centers, and discharge planners. And since agencies change from time to time, the Commission on Aging will be updating the website on either a quarterly or semi-annual <coughs> basis. The guide was created by numerous volunteer efforts under the leadership and guidance of the Commission on Aging Long-Term Care and with the help of the staff of the Human Services Department at no cost to the city. We present this guide to Norfolk City Council and the citizens it represents as a gift from our commission. We look forward to working with you and in the future discussing the issues we are currently working on, among them being transportation, housing, jobs, and isolation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, Mrs. Johnson. I would just like to say, um, when I was on the YMCA um, Community Service Board, this mm -hmm. was a huge discussion. Okay. Um, this resource guide yes. for um, our seniors, and this is wonderful. Thank you. Uh, you have done a great job to narrow it down to, to Norfolk as well as the other connecting um, cities as a resource. So I would like just to say thank you for all of you who took the time to work on this. This is, is, is great. I really appreciate it. Thank and you I'm so sure much. my colleagues do as well. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was, it's a joint effort by many, many people. Yeah. You know, and Department of Human Services, you know, helped us get us on the website, with the, revising the database, all of that. So it, it was a joint effort with the Commission and Department of Human Services. Thank you so much. You are welcome. Mrs. McClellan. I just I want to recognize the commission. Um, we have uh, we talk a lot about trying to um, get more folks to apply for our boards and commissions and to be able to see you all come down to city council and present. Um, we really appreciate that, and we hope more of our boards and commissions will do the same um, because you all do a lot of hard work for us, and it's it's wonderful to be able to recognize you. So thank you. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Murphy. Um, do we have members of Delta Sigma Theta? Any members of the Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated? Okay. I don't think so. All right. We'll save them for the next time. Okay, Mr. Clark. Sir, PH1. Public hearing one scheduled for this day on the application of the City Planning Commission for rezoning from R12 medium density multifamily and Bayfront residential parking over the <coughs> districts to open space preservation on property located at 814 Willoughby Bay Avenue, also known as 814 Little Bay Avenue, and by a 7-0 vote, Planning Commission recommends approval. And I have an ordinance to rezone property located at 14 Willoughby Bay Avenue, also known as 814 Little Bay Avenue, from R12 and Bayfront residential parking overlay district to open space preservation. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Smigel? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Webley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. PH2? Public hearing two scheduled for this day on the application of Elation Brewing for the rezoning from R8 single family to C2 quarter commercial on the easternmost 25 foot portion 
of the site located along the northern line of 51st Street and for special exceptions to permit the operation of a microbrewery and authorizing the operation of an entertainment establishment with alcoholic <coughs> beverages named Elation on property located at 5104 Collie Avenue and by 7-0 vote Planning Commission recommends approval. Thank you. Uh, Kenneth Van Hook? Would you like to say anything, sir? All right. Uh, you have a lot of people here supporting it. Will you all please stand? I know that a lot of people here in support. Uh, Mr. Smeagol wants to card you. He has a few <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you all for being here. Maybe we should stand in support. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Clerk. I have, I have three ordinances for yes, this sir. item, Mr. Mayor. The first is an ordinance to rezone a portion of the property located at 5104 Collie Avenue from R8 to C2. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Smeagol? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. The second is an ordinance granting a special exception to permit the operation of a microbrewery named Elation on property located at 5104 Collie Avenue. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Smeagol? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. And the third is an ordinance granting a special exception authorizing the operation of an entertainment establishment with alcoholic beverages known as Elation on property located at 5104 Collie Avenue. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Smeagol? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibble? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. Good P luck. PH3. Public hearing three scheduled for this day on the application of Vail Automotive for a change of zoning from C2 corridor commercial to conditional C2 on property located at 5641 through 5659 East Virginia Beach Boulevard and from a change <coughs> and for a change of zoning from R6 single family to conditional C2 <coughs> on property located at 901 Ripplemead Lane and the north side of Brickell Road and for a special exception to permit the operation of an automobile sales and service establishment on property located at 5641 through 5659 East Virginia Beach Boulevard and 901 Ripplemead Lane and the north side of Brickell Road. And by 7-0 vote, Planning Commission recommends approval. Mr. Clerk, call the roll. I have two ordinances for this uh, matter. The first is an ordinance to rezone properties located at 901 Ripplemead Lane and on the north side of Brickell Road from R6 to C2. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Smeagol? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. The second is an ordinance granting a special exception to permit the operation of an automobile sales and service establishment named Vail Automotive on properties located at 5641 to 5659 East Virginia Beach Boulevard, 901 Ripplemead Lane, and the north side of Brickell Road. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Smeagol? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. PH4. Public hearing four scheduled for this day on the application of Mount Gilead Missionary Baptist Church for a change of zoning to modify proper conditions on property zone conditional IN1 <coughs> institutional at 1041 through 1045 Kane Street, a change of zoning to modify proper conditions on properties zone conditional I and one at 1054 through 1058 Kennedy Street and 1057 through 1059 Kane Street and for change of zoning from R8 single family to conditional I and one at 1046 to 1052 Kennedy Street and 1047 to 1051 Kane Street and by a 6-1 vote Planning Commission recommends approval. Thank you. Uh, Pete Berkhammer is here to answer the questions. Yes, sir. Mary Simpson Jones is here. Would like to speak? 
Good evening, Mayor Alexander Ford, especially Dr. Whipley um, and everyone else. I am the civic lead president of Oakwood Community, and Mount Gilead Church is located in our vicinity. Mount Gilead has been very instrumental in our Oakwood Civic League, and it gives us a pleasure to vote and say, yes, we do want them to do the accomplishment that they are trying to do, to be resourceful in the community, <clears throat> which they are resourceful to us. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Clerk. I have an ordinance to rezone properties located at 1041 to 1059 Kane Street and 1046 to 1058 Kennedy Street to conditional IN1 district. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Johnson. Um, good luck, Deacon Brown, and to the church, and Miss Mary Simpson Jones. I vote aye. Ms. McClellan. Aye. Mr. Smigel. Um, just real quick. Um, uh, Ten years ago, I led a group of students. Um, next to your church to clean up the cemetery um, that's over there. There's a, a kind of an abandoned cemetery there, and I'd be curious to see um, if we've ever looked into uh, maintaining that. Unfortunately, some of the work that my students did um, has already been destroyed, the fence posts that were on the side and um, some of the bushes, but it'd be great to try to get either community back out there uh, to work on that cemetery, but it's, uh, Kenny, you may be familiar with it. Officers Point Road, but good luck with your project. Aye. And we're um, also, um, Mr. Smigo, we are looking into the cemetery um, as far as the partnership with the, the city as well, because some of it may be owned by the, the church and the community. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. Page five. Public hearing five scheduled for this day to hear comments authorizing the conveyance to DPT Construction LLC of certain parcels of property located at 1206, <coughs> 08, and 10 Hatton Street with a total sum, <coughs> pardon me, of $38,000 in accordance with the terms and conditions of the conveyance agreement. What call the roll? Have an ordinance authorized the conveyance to DPT construction of certain parcels of property located at 1206, 08, and 10 Hatton Street for the total sum of $38,000 in accordance with the terms and conditions of the conveyance agreement and authorizing the release of the city's right of reverter upon certain conditions. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Smigel? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Webley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. Page six. Public hearing six scheduled for the state to hear comments approving the relocation of a Virginia natural gas easement located over city-owned property at 1000 Monticello Avenue in accordance with the easement relocation agreement. And I have an ordinance for that approving the relocation of the natural gas easement located over city-owned property at 1000 Monticello Avenue in accordance with the easement relocation agreement authorizing the city manager to execute the agreement on behalf of the city. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Webley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. PH7 is uh, public hearing seven scheduled for the state to hear comments to grant a certificate of appropriateness authorizing the installation of new vinyl windows on property located at 714 Raleigh Avenue, located in a historic district, and by a 06 vote, the Architectural Review Board recommend, recommends denial. Uh, Mr. Clark, we have an appeal, and uh, I'll read the statement of procedures. 
uh, for an appeal from the Architectural Review Board regarding a certificate of appropriateness. This item is an appeal of a decision of the Architectural Review Board regarding an application for a certificate of appropriateness. Our procedure for this item will be as follows. The City will present a summary of the application and the proceedings before the Architectural Review Board. Next, the person noting the appeal will, pre will present his or her case. <coughs> Several people may participate, but the entire presentation shall last no more than 15 minutes. Each member of the public who signed up to speak on this item will, be, will then be given individually, will be individually called and may comment on the question of whether or not the appeal should be approved. Each speaker's comments will be limited to three minutes. Following all comments by the public, the applicant will be given an opportunity to provide any rebuttal limited to three minutes. Following the rebuttal and any discussion or questions by council members, a vote will be taken as to whether the appeal should be approved. Mr. Manager or Mr. Duca. <coughs> <clears throat> Mr. Mayor, members of council, the item before you is an appeal to the City Council of a denial for a certificate of appropriateness at 714 Raleigh Avenue. The City's Architectural Review Board is responsible for reviewing exterior alterations, new construction to properties that are located in our local historic districts. This property sits in the HC Ghent 2 district and therefore any exterior alterations were subject to obtaining a special I mean, a certificate of appropriateness. The um, applicants obtained the property in December of 2016, commenced work, and ultimately replaced the windows in the building. Window replacement is, does require a certificate of appropriateness. None was filed for, nor was it obtained. When it was filed for upon notification that they were in violation, the Architectural Review Board reviewed the circumstances and voted on December 11th of um, 216 to deny the application. The city has, uh, or the Architectural Review Board has an adopted uh, design guidelines for historic districts. In those design guidelines, vinyl windows are prohibited. The historic character of Ghent, the neighborhood windows traditionally are wood. Wood windows can be replaced. The windows in this place had been replaced um, uh, probably 30, 40 years ago with aluminum, and then the applicants replaced them with vinyl. Um, the guidelines are clear and succinct. The Architectural Review Board felt that there was no option except to deny the application. Are there any questions? Thank you. Time, Mr. Uh, next, we will have uh, the person that's noting the appeal. Mr. Pishko, do you know if the person's here? I, I, I don't know why they're not here. I, I would suggest that we continue it and check to see if they wanted to drop their appeal or whether there's a miscommunication. Motion is to continue PH7. Mr. Clerk, call the roll. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? I'd really like to know why they're not here, but aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Webley? Aye. 
Mr. Alexander? Aye. P uh, PH8, motion is to continue to March 13th. Mr. Clerk, call the roll. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Did you all see Crick Street on there? Do you remember who lived on Crick Street? I certainly do. Dan Montague. <laughs> Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dan. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. Uh, Mr. Clerk, uh, we will take C1, C1A through C8 in a block. And I note, I note that Mr. James has signed to sign up to speak on C9, 10, 11, 12, and 13. Is that correct, Mr. James? Yes, it is. Thank you. Can Thank you, pull, you, sir. Can you pull C4, please? And we're going to vote separately on C4. Okay, so C1, 1A. C2, C3, C5, 6, 7, 8. We'll be voted on the block. Mr. Clerk. Okay, approve the consent agenda with the <clears throat> exceptions noted. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. C4. Is there anybody here representing? Uh, Mark Board? Yeah. First, we're very excited about the project. Um, the reason why I asked to be separated is to give the opportunity because I've reached out to the agent and I haven't heard back from him. Um, there's a big desire in the community. There's a, the Norfolk Farm Market has been there for years on the property. Um, and with the new construction going on, the owner reached out um, to me and asked if there's any way they can continue working with uh, the new owners on trying to lease part of the property to continue maintaining. Um, that but uh, it's been a part of Norfolk for a very long time and that's one of the last pieces of big property and uh, in Little Creek area so I, I know that Aldi's probably does not want to compete with what he does but I don't know how many pumpkins Aldi sells um, and Christmas trees yeah I, I'm representing Aldi I'm, I'm not with Aldi I'm with Kim Horn, uh, but I'll certainly pass on your your comments to Aldi directly okay make sure they they understand your your yeah, I know there's a parcel that's still going to be available possibly for future sale. Maybe that's something that could be set up there that they can continue working. Yeah. yeah. I'll certainly that's pass it. on the request. Okay. Okay. Thank, Thank you, sir. Thank you. Um, would you like to act on this one, Mr. Okay. Mayor? Yes. Yeah. Yes, sir. C4 is uh, an ordinance granting a special exception authorizing the sale of alcoholic beverages for off-premises consumption and an establishment known as Aldi. On properties located at 1600 East Little Creek Road and 7924 Bison Avenue, dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. C9, Ellis W. James. C9 is, um, well, Mr. Mr. President, an ordinance accepting a, just to Mr. get Clark, on the floor. Question, point of, a point of order. Uh, Mr. James is the only person uh, to pull C9, 10, 11, 12, and 13 out of the block. Is it, can we create a special block for LSW James? Certainly. All right, Mr. James, come on up. Only three minutes. Can you do them all in three minutes? <laughs> <laughs> Response. Thank you, Mr. Mayor and members of the council. My name is Ellis W. James. I reside at 2021 Kenlake Place here in the city of Norfolk. Mr. City Manager, nice to see you as always. 
Members of the council, I tried very hard to avoid um, doing each one of these. Um, under the certain circumstances, both nationally as well as in Virginia and with the threats on the schools here in the Hampton Roads area in Virginia Beach, um, I think it's extremely important that all of these grants be considered from the standpoint of are these grants and these funds going to be used in order to protect our schools and so on. If you'll notice in this block of items, C items, we've got things like uh, State Homeland Security Program, uh, Enhancement of Norfolk Police Department, Command Post Communications. These are all important <coughs> and the question of our Norfolk Community Services Board is certainly the type of thing that I'm referencing. And so what I wanted to do was to call attention to the fact that these items in and of themselves represent something that we are confronted with right now. We've got an excellent report from our police department, but we have people who are homeless, people with mental conditions. And so if we're going to do all of these things, I think it would behoove us as a city to be sure that included in this block of grants that are being considered, that we would make sure that we have items such as, okay, our police department's doing a great job, but they're also confronted with a lot of homeless people. Who are these folks? Are they getting uh, the kind of treatment and so on that they need? Is there a communication system tied to all of this which will allow a family that has a member who's got mental difficulties and is going off the rails, can they call somebody? Can they, can they directly impact with our necessary departments, our city manager, our police department, you name it. You've got it. And so as I look through this whole C block section, uh, I realize that um, there are all kinds of very important aspects of what I'm talking about. And I apologize if I'm not making myself as clear as I should, but I think in looking at each one of you, I think I see your heads nodding a little bit. I think you understand the point I'm trying to make. And so rather than to go make you go through item by item by item, I'm in 
support of all of these things that tie together in trying to address what we're confronted with as a city and as a Hampton Roads area and as a nation right now. And I think we have that opportunity here. If I've missed something, please tell me. Holler at me and say, hey, Ellis, you're down, you're off the rails, you're down the wrong road. But, but I, th I think you understand uh, very well what I'm dr driving at. And that, Mr. Mayor, will do it for me and hopefully save some time. Thank you, Ellis. Because you've had an excellent meeting today with lots of positive things. And so I hope we can stay focused on getting the funds that we need. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Thank you. Mr. Clerk, C9. Good job, Ellis. C10. Thank you. C11, C12, C13, and I believe uh, C14. Let's add that just in case I didn't state that early on the, under the uh, first block. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, Ellis. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinances and adopt them. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R1? R1 is an ordinance permitting East Coast Developmental Property Innovations, LLC, to encroach into the right-of-way of Chesapeake Bay Avenue at 270 West Ocean View Avenue with a wooden platform and stairs. Mr. Clerk? Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Smigel? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R2? An ordinance authorizing the Director of Finance to credit various accounts of the Department of Utilities in the total amount of $692,200.46 so as to reflect uncollectible balances for fiscal year 2014. Clerk, call the roll. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. Mr. Clerk, R3. An ordinance approving the purchase of the property known as 6107 Sewells Point Road in the city of Norfolk and authorizing the expenditure of up to $1,500,000 for its purchase for an environmental assessment and for title insurance. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Johnson? Great things are happening um, in Five Points. Um, it's just the beginning. Thanks to my <clears throat> colleagues. Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. Part four. An ordinance authorizing the city manager to enter into a right of entry agreement with the Hermitage Foundation regarding the property located at 7637 North Shore Road in connection with Hermitage Shoreline Restoration Project. Mr. Clerk, call the roll. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R5. An ordinance accepting the conveyance of a temporary construction easement and a perpetual non-exclusive access easement by the trustees of Second Presbyterian Church to the City of Norfolk, authorizing the city manager <coughs> to accept the easements on behalf of the city and authorizing the expenditure of the sum of up to $1,500 from funds heretofore appropriated for the payment of related transactional fees. I call the roll. Spence with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R6? An ordinance to amend and reordain the Norfolk City Code 1979 so as to add one new subsection number 12-89.12.1 <coughs> 
relating to the resubdivision of a portion of Northwest Lawn Block C and D in Forest Lawn Cemetery to establish Northwest Lawn Block E with 138 new graves. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Smeagol? I'm just curious, Kenny. Um, I, I just would like to know um, how are we doing with the availability of grave sites in Norfolk? Are we reaching the point in Forest Lawn? I mean, I, I know I'm, I'm pointing to you as an expert, but yeah. um, I don't know. Well, I'll, you, Ted, yeah, Ted from uh, yeah. our Ted, come on up. And also, I want to acknowledge uh, Mr. Riddick uh, brought this to uh, to the council, uh, and Ted can give you uh, more more background and the availability. I know that from you know, from since Tommy asked me the question, I know that throughout some of the older cemeteries, uh, um, Ted and his team have uh, created capacity by uh, closing uh, some of the underutilized uh, roads and to get more. Uh, more space uh, places like um, 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 Calvary and uh, there's still some availability at Riverside and there's still some availability at Forest Lawn um, and this is will be a new section at Forest Lawn um, with a, a certain um, uh, uh, I guess uh, expectation from our the city mm -hmm. to provide uh, graves for a certain group uh, that have expressed an interest that they would like to start purchasing uh, graves in, in Forest Lawn. And, and some of them are here. And um, Ted, I want you to go ahead and give you your presentation. I don't know if uh, anyone wants to speak. But Well, I don't have a presentation, but to answer your question, Councilman, um, there is capacity at Forest Lawn. You got about 30 to 35 years of sellable life in that cemetery. Calvary, you have about three to five years of capacity. Riverside's probably a little bit more around 40 years. And of course, that's going to depend upon demand, the rising of cremation. Um, typically, we'll drive those numbers further back or years back. Um, but uh, your other cemeteries still have burials, but we do not have graves for sale in those cemeteries. Okay. Does, does that answer yeah, your question? Does. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Good information. All right. Even if I need to start buying my plot in Forest Lawn. Yes, please do. <laughs> See me for the rest of it. <laughs> do I get a discount? You do. <laughs> Mr. Clerk, call the roll. I believe we're at Mr. Smeagol. Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. All right, R7. An ordinance to amend and reordain section 16-25B4 of the Code of the City of Norfolk 1979 is amended so as to address the management of the investment of city funds by the Director of Finance and to establish a City Investment Management Committee to advise the Director of Finance regarding the investment of city funds. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? I, I appreciate uh, the pop-up earlier to talk about this. Uh, Thank you. Uh, I think it's a, a wise move, Mr. Mayor, to um, put these extra checks and balances in place. Thank you. Aye. Mr. Smeagol? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. I have three additional items, Mr. Mr. Mayor. Go right on. First is numbered R8, and it is a resolution appointing 21 persons to the Mayor's Advisory Commission on Climate Change Mitigation and Adaption for a certain term. Adopt the resolution, Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Looking forward to getting started on this with uh, Dr. Wibley. Aye. Mr. Smeagol? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Uh, before I vote, let me just thank uh, Dr. Wibley and Mrs. McClellan for taking 
uh, this task on uh, this uh, this mayor's task force uh, <coughs> as Norfolk to, uh, seek to become more resilient and to have a better understanding of best practices um, I believe that Terry and and um, Andrea will, will bring us great information for the council to consider as we become a more resilient city and to work with our community stakeholders and our community partners. So thank both of you for taking on this task. I vote aye. R9 is a resolution appointing 16 persons to the mayor's advisory committee for the St. Paul's area for certain terms. Adopt the resolution, Ms. Johnson. Aye. Ms. McClellan. Aye. Mr. Smigel. Aye. Mr. Thomas. Aye. Dr. Webley. Aye. Mr. Alexander. Uh, before I vote, uh, the two persons that I asked to chair, neither are here, uh, <laughs> Angela and Mr. Riddick, but I do want to thank them and all the citizens and all the residents of the St. Paul's <coughs> Quadrant area for uh, leaning in, for their participation, uh, for their willingness to uh, uh, to help shape the very community wh where they live. And uh, we look forward uh, for a lot of information that will help lead the city and lead the Housing Authority as we make decisions for many years to come. Uh, I vote aye. And the last is numbered R10, and it is a resolution appointing Paul D. Frame to the Norfolk Airport Authority for a certain term. Adopt the resolution, Ms. Johnson. Aye. Ms. McClellan. Aye. Mr. Smigel. Aye. Mr. Thomas. Aye. Dr. Wibley. Aye. Mr. Alexander. Aye. That's all I have, Mr. Mayor. All right, new business. Uh, Mary Simpson-Jones, first up for under our new business. Good evening. Good evening. Um, up on Tidewater Drive, across from where uh, KNG and the other side where Ashbury Street is and the side of Walmart, there needs to be a signal light to direct left <coughs> traffic because it's no signal light. It's just a complete signal light. So the other side over KNG has the right way to do whatever, so that makes the other side have to wait longer and miss the light. So I would appreciate if you would look into that to see if we could get a left turn light instead of waiting for something to happen. Thank you, Mayor. Because people sometimes do not turn on their signal light. Yes, sir. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Mary Anna White. Welcome. Thank you. Dear Mayor Alexander, members of the City Council and concerned citizens, thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak to you tonight. I come before you as a teacher and Secretary Treasurer of the EAN with a request that you fund the school system more fully. I am coming before the budget actually comes to you uh, to make the request that you ask for a raise in taxes to pay for our schools. We need we need to give a raise to teachers, administrators, and classified personnel commensurate with the raises of Virginia Beach and Chesapeake, or more, so that we can catch up with them. We do not want to continue to lose experienced teachers. Um, the kids need bright young teachers and strong experienced teachers to help them prepare for their future. We also need to make sure that no one working for the city the whole time the kids are in school 
is living at the poverty level, the way some of our classified staff are currently forced to do. We also need to increase funding for a variety of programs that we run. We need more funding so that we can cut down on class sizes. The students need more individual attention than they are getting in large classes of 30 plus. Our ninth <coughs> graders especially frequently end up in large classes and they need more individual instruction, especially in English composition. We need more ESL classes, ninth grade deans, in-school suspension, so that we can help train students in how to make good choices for their future. Security is an issue that is on everyone's mind now. I think that we really need these smaller classes and positions to support discipline, such as the deans that I mentioned, so that the schools can play a fuller role to support students in their time of successes and also their time of difficulties. They need our instruction and our individualized support. Thank you for giving me a chance to speak and I hope for considering putting all our children first by funding our schools fully. We ask that you raise taxes in order to fully fund this beautiful enterprise of preparing all our kids for their future. Our goal is to raise everyone up through education. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Lamont Brown. <coughs> Welcome, Lamont. Good to see you, you again. First, I want to congratulate you on your win. I wasn't here to celebrate your win with you when you uh, voted in for the mayor and to the council. I want to speak on the St. Paul Quadrant. Uh, I don't think the city is aware of how detrimental this would be to the African-American community. We went through this with Roberts Park. We went through it with Bowling Park. <coughs> and I had the opportunity at that time to coach uh, some of the kids and work with the inner city kids in those areas. And the sad thing is that when you displace families at the cost of having a tax roll to just to just demolish communities, nothing in that community that has been replaced is vibrant for the people <coughs> that have to leave their houses. If you look at the nature of this city, when is the last time that a Caucasian community has been destroyed? in the same manner. You look at Ghent, when African Americans lived there, it was destroyed, it was given, they were told that they could move back in. After the demolition took place, the people that used to live there couldn't afford the houses. You did the same thing with Lakeland, you did the same thing with Lafayette Shores. There has been a pattern of overt racism in this city when it came to displacing African American families. And now you want to displace three projects where only 15 to 20 percent of the people living in those projects today will be able to go back in. So what will happen to the other 80 percent? They will become homeless. They will not be able to have a community. And when you look at this mixed community situation, the mixed community does not include the people who live there because their economic situations are not going to change. 
but yet you voted for it. And every time this happens in the city of Norfolk, the African-American residents suffer, and nothing has been done from that point on. Yes, we have four African-Americans that sit on the city council, but they have a voice, but their voices are not heard by the people that they are elected to represent. So what I'm saying to you is that there are ways that the city will have to deal with because I have contacted people to help fight this. It's not going to be a good picture, and I don't think you should put these people out of their habitat. Can anybody tell me that's sitting on council, what is the ratio of people that have been displaced, that have been given vouchers, that have been able to move back into any of these areas? Now, if you do your, if y'all had did your homework before you even voted on this, you would have sit down and said, how many people and how many families of children have became homeless as mm -hmm. a result of Hope Six? How many Af how many African American families? Not only that, lost their children. They they just it's just like they have been erased from the city. So you're gonna take these two hundred acres and build an economic base because these people don't produce economics on the tax road. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Brown. Danny Legan. My name is Danny Lee again. I reside at 3844 Dare Circle. Uh, I had the privilege of uh, attending the retreat uh, with the city council at uh, East Beach, and it was very enlightening to me. Uh, I take copious notes, uh, and as uh, Mrs. McCullen has pointed out, I watch body language, uh, and I learn a lot of things. Uh, and I was very emboldened when I left. <laughs> Uh, the reason why is I heard things that uh, were very encouraging. Uh, Mamie Johnson uh, made the statement uh, that we have to be more open and honest and communicate more freely with the citizens uh, in order to communicate with them. Uh, Mrs. McCullen uh, expressed the same view. She said uh, we have to be, be do a better job in communicating with the, uh, with the citizens that we have. Um, and this was kind of a crack uh, through what I've been uh, trying to relate uh, over the last decade when I came in here. Uh, it was also uh, very emboldening uh, to see Mrs. McCullen uh, point the elephant in the room when she pointed out, uh, we're all here except for Paul Riddick, and I'm kind of concerned with that. Uh, he's a representative of his city uh, and wanted to know why he was not there to represent uh, his, his viewpoint as well. Uh, so overall, um, it was uh, an excellent meeting. Uh, I'm hearing things that uh, are, are definitely uh, encouraging me uh, in regards uh, to uh, relating to the city council. Uh, and I learned at least one very important thing, and that is uh, when I go out to buy my next Picasso or Renoir, uh, I know who to uh, hire uh, to get their advice from. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dan. I missed him on the second day. Yeah. Um, John Wesley Hill.
Good evening, the Honorable Mayor and the distinguished other city council persons and other persons that's on the desk. I'm John Whistler Hill at 2906 Mapleton Avenue here in Norfolk, Virginia. I speak on behalf of the Concerned Citizens Group of Norfolk, part of my base as I ran for city um, elections in the past. The rationale for my being here is to congratulate <coughs> City Council on looking at the possibility of eradication of public housing. Public housing is needed. Um, there was a great project that was started in uh, <coughs> 1999 and became a reality in 2000, and that was the Hope Six project, and that project took out Roberts and Bowling, and there was 767 families that were displaced. The plan was a great plan, had all of the elements to replace <coughs> public housing and to look at the Hope Six Carter. That was a great project for $35 million that was, uh, that was given us, and that plan should have been carried out uh, expeditiously. It was a great plan, and somehow some elements of that plan was not carried out. But that was one of the greatest plans for eradication of public housing that I've ever that I've known. And I started off at public housing with a little as a little kid. When our home got burned down, we moved in public housing in Newburn, North Carolina, at F sixty four Craven Terrace, and that was the only place that we had to go. But it was not a place that we went that we planned to stay there forever. So I'm asking City Council here to continue with the project to eradicate uh, public housing. It's a great plan, but follow the plan. And one good example of something that hasn't been done, that should have been done, was a library that was supposed to have been built early at uh, in the Hope in the Broad Creek area, and would you believe right now, which is 18 or 19 years later, we're just getting that library, which is one of the most important parts of a community in a city, and I'm asking the city again to 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 continue with a great project such as this, and of course, most of us that was involved in this project when it started. A lot of us are not here any longer. So <coughs> I would like very much to participate if possible because we need a little bit of overs oversight. And in the future, I hope that this becomes a reality. It's a great project if we follow the plan. Thank you and have a great year. Thank you, Mr. Hill. Carter Mellon. Uh, hello, my name is Carter Moline. I reside at 1200 Woodrow Avenue in Norfolk, and uh, I have been a Norfolk resident since 1995. I have a 14-year-old daughter with autism who was removed from the Norfolk Public School Division due to behavior in the spring of 2016, which precipitated a continuing dispute with the Norfolk Public Schools in the city of Norfolk. This past weekend, I discovered a Norfolk City document which seems to clarify the fundamental cause of my dispute. The document is titled Audit of the Norfolk Interagency Consortium 
dash administrative hurdles of the procurement process parentheses report number 17-3R which was published by the city on June 2, 2017. This document clarifies that the city of Norfolk has a request for proposals or RFP which allegedly is a competitive bidding process for all Ch Children's Services Act services which includes private schools for disabilities including autism. The way the RFP is used for schools is by categorizing the request as for bulk services under the Virginia Public Procurement Act. By making this designation, a group of children with autism can be put up for bidding to be done by the private schools and to be done so without the knowledge or written consent of parents. If one of those children is later in an IEP meeting which offers the school which won the bid, the parents would then have no idea that the child was educationally placed by a bid in a city process <coughs> mandated by the city. As this has apparently occurred for my child, it is my belief that the IEP team does not fundamentally represent my child, but rather serves as a fabricated sales team for the aforementioned private school and does so as the IEP team's fundamental <coughs> allegiance appears to be to the city of Norfolk and its standing vendor contracts. Therefore, I am asking the Norfolk City Council to take action to protect my child from this unfair process. More importantly, I am requesting that you do everything in your power to protect my child from those who have forced this unjust system on my disabled child. I am free to meet with city representatives to share the details of this situation, and I suggest that you take me up on my offer. Thank you. May I give this to the yes. city manager, Mr. Smith? Thank you, Mr. Yes. Mayor. Yes, Ms. McClellan. Mr. Milleen. Yes. Is there an opportunity to um, uh, take any action to request the IEP to reconsider? There is. Um, you can always go back to an IEP meeting. Um, the thing that has bothered me about this dispute is that the largest autism school in Hampton Roads is apparently unavailable for Norfolk children because it is not a standing city vendor. This process is not used by any other city. I saw, um, I saw your Department of Human Services chair here in the room and in the audit he uh, disagreed with this process as well so I'm not the only person that feels this way. The idea should be that the child is an individual uh, with a disability and not a category that can be bidded on. So uh, to understand the current process, the IEP is only allowed to provide the option of the one school that competed in the RFP? Based on what happened in my situation, I believe so, and that, that is clarified by the fact that your city contracted my child before the IEP team designated my child's needs. And is this something that the school the IEP is a school function or is that a city function? I think as long as the IEP team falls under um, the, the legal representation of an attorney that is provided by the city and the city processes the RFP, I don't see a separation of the Department of Human Services and the IEP team. I feel like there is not a separation of roles. Uh, I've spent a, a fair amount of time um, communicating with Mr. Is it Mellon? Maline. Um and, and that um, I have repeatedly pointed out, answered the question you're raising now, 
And the IEP process is a federally mandated process for the schools. It, is, it does not involve the city. Mr. Merlin has um, endeavored to appeal the IEP process to the Community Service Board, which has no authority over the IEP process or the schools. Uh, he's frustrated. Uh, he keeps trying to put, in my opinion, a square peg in a round hole. Uh, in addition to uh, asking the IEP to revisit, and in this instance, the IEP visited the school that he um, is comfortable with, uh, not once, but twice. And the IEP team reached the conclusion that the school that they were willing to pay for um, would meet the needs of his child while his school wouldn't. So they have that disagreement. And so he has been back. They haven't visited multiple times. And then the IEP process <clears throat> says that if uh, the parent is not happy with the IEP team, that the uh, forum to appeal after the IEP process in the schools is the federal court. Uh, and so that the city is, you, you don't have the authority, no matter how appealing uh, Mr. Merlin's case is, you don't have the authority over the school board or the IEP process, and nor the, neither does your community service board. So, um, Mr. Moline, on May 1st, there are school board elections, and I would suggest that you um, make your case to the folks running for school board because it seems to me that, that, that they probably have more um, ability to deal with the situation. Um, but I think it's, it's uh, interesting to note that every other school system in our community provides for the school that you wish to send your daughter to. Well, I think it's also somewhat relevant that every other municipality in the Commonwealth of Virginia does not use an RFP process to find private schools for children with autism. Duly noted. Thank you, Ms. Milley. Haseen Rashad. Assalamualaikum. Those who don't know what that means, it means peace be unto you, everyone. Thank you. I want to talk briefly about, um, first of all, I, I, I look back in my mind, and I saw the young the youth come up earlier and made me think about, Mayor, we grew up together. We used to be Cub Scouts together. And I want to congratulate you because I knew as a child you were going to be special. When you got elected, I was in Dubai at the time. So, <clears throat> thank you. Thank you for the time. But uh, I want to uh, speak briefly about the, uh, the grave site for the Muslim. True Islam. No terrorism. True Islam. So, I want to speak briefly about today. I had an opportunity. I heard about this, uh, the grave site. This, oh man, we've been talking about this for years. Thank God it came to fruition. But at the end of the day, I had an opportunity. I left the base today out of NOB and I went down. I said, let me go up, you know, and survey this. So I was there today and I, I was very happy. Very happy. Thank y'all so much. Very happy. Now, I don't know who we know anything about the religion of Islam. When Muslims are put to rest, we are put in the grave without coffins. No embalming, wrapped in sheets. On the right side, face to the east at a 45 degree angle. And I observed the graves today, it was perfect. I went out there today, everything was set. What we call the Qibla is the means the direction of prayer, not the Kaaba where we go to Mecca, not that. The Qibla, don't get it mixed up. But again, I want to thank everybody that had anything to do with this. God bless you, and I thank you so much because it was very much needed. Because, you know, we have, matter of fact, I have to wash a body tomorrow night. And it's, you know, we, we won't be for this cemetery, but we have 
A lot of opposition is about when we go to place the body into the grave, where the direction is going to be. Mm -hmm. And we have what we call the lail, down, under. When you put the body in the grave, just have like a little section. Prevent, if an act of, an act of God comes down and damage the body. So we're able to do that. I thank you all so much. Again, thank you. Congratulations. I thank you for recognizing true Islam. Thank you so much. Welcome, right. sir. James Jarman. Good afternoon, Council. Uh, my come to you tonight. My heart is a little heavy. Um, I would re be remiss if uh, I did not mention uh, the 17 parents mm -hmm. and families that sent their children to school, and their children simply did not come back home. Uh, the thought of that is something that I can't fathom. I have my own 12-year-old beside me, and uh, that deeply saddens me. Uh, I recognize this governing body cannot fix the world or in everything, but I think it's some things we can fix, and the answers are so simple. And before us, we just tend to look over them. I had a conversation with my son a few years ago and orientating him as to what his demeanor, his character, his moral standards should be when he is stopped by an officer of the law and that he should fully cooperate and not make sudden moves. And that was one of the large benchmark conversations uh, that I had to have with my son. And I thought that was, uh, the last conversation I would have to have with him like that. Recently, I've had to have conversation as it pertains to what to do in a school if you hear gunshots and uh, people running and how to cover yourself and be inconspicuous as possible and seek ref refuge. Uh, what I would say on after that I see a lot of grants for the Justice Department and that type of thing. And though I live in Poplar Halls, uh, my heart goes out to the people that live on the South Side in low income and moderately low income housing. Uh, I visit and help those schools as much as possible. <clears throat> and that sc those schools are plagued with daily fights. Uh, and subordination and those types of things. Uh, it seems that all of the squeakings and the warnings are there. God forbid something happened there. But the signs are there. Dis disrespect for students, <clears throat> profanity, uh, disrespect for authority and the teachers, and they deal with that on a day-to-day -day basis as they go to their job. Um, I sincerely hope that some of these grants and some of these funds will by default or other means fall toward the South Side in the way of the missing deans, SOS officers, and security 
that should be in a STEM academy and in a school. Uh, I realize council has its plate full and you have some very difficult decisions to make over the next months and the years. But I sincerely hope we don't forget our youth uh, and the people at the South Side. I send my school today, my son to school every day after praying with him personally and ask Lord, our Savior, to let him be the example for the kids in school. Groomed head or belt, no sagging, and not be disrespectful and be the example for the other kids rather than fall into the example that is set forth before him. Thank you for hearing me, Council. All right, good job.